This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip for all of your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Welcome to our Sunday program. A beautiful day here in the Twin Cities. Also a nice day in Detroit with the Twins today. Wrap up the road trip and the weekend series against the Detroit Tigers. First pitch coming up at 12-10. Inside Twins taking you up until the Donna Realty pregame lineup car with Chris at 11-30. Once the game does begin, Kent Maeda for the Twins today and Casey Mize. Twins get their first look at the former number one overall pick from the 2018 draft. Should be a great matchup today in Detroit. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for listening and our guest on our Sunday show. Always great to chat with the general manager of the Minnesota Twins. We welcome back to the program Thad Levine. Thad, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. It's great to visit with you uh, once again here. And uh, let me start with this, that it's a, it's a Sunday, a beautiful day. Uh, you're not traveling with the team right now. So what's a Sunday like in the uh, Levine family while the team's on the road? Well, you know, t- today's a little bit of a unique one because we have the trading deadline tomorrow, so there may be some calls and texts mixed in, but try to have breakfast with the kids, uh, spend, spend a little extra time with the family. My wife is an amazing woman. She plans trips for us all over the greater Twin Cities area, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got a little hike or bike ride scheduled pregame today, and then we usually settle in for the game. Uh, during which, uh, inevitably, at some point in the game, my, my son begs me to go play a little wiffle ball with him in the backyard and where he can emulate the, the batting stances of a few of his favorite twins. So we're looking forward to a, a, a great Sunday here at the Levine household. Who does he have down? What, what's his best batting stance? Oh, he's, he is pretty talented. He, this is the way he's learned how to switch hit. He'll literally go through the whole, whole order. I think as probably the most pronounced uh, Batting stance on our team, Eddie Rosario is one of his favorites. Uh, he, he's got that one pretty pretty down, and once once every 12 pitches, he makes solid contact and hits the ball <laughs> oh, very far. He's, he's, he's got the stance down. He doesn't necessarily have the, the bat-to-ball skills down from that, that stance. But like Eddie, is, is his walk rate climbing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he, it, it is, and he's also, like Eddie, known to, known to celebrate a big hit from time to time. Good for him. That's great. Uh, speaking of the trade deadline, it happens tomorrow. The, the, the trade deadline is different this year. Tell people and explain again how trades can work in, in this new season, in this new run right now. Well, I mean, and I think you used the right word. It's unique, just like almost everything we've encountered this season, a, a little bit different than years past. So mechanically right now, we can trade from our pool of 60 players. So we have we have the 28 players who are, are active with us. In addition, we have our taxi squad, which has been traveling with our team. And then we have 
the balance of 60 players who are working out at CHS Field in St. Paul. We can make trades from those pools of 60 to other teams' pools of 60. If we choose to trade a player that is not in our pool of 60 or acquire a player who is not in the other team's pool of 60, it would have to be that player would either have to be added to the pool of 60 and transferred from one team to the other or would have to be included as a player to be named later, and we could complete that trade once the season ends. So there are some restrictions, but you know, by and large, we still have access to, to most of the players in another organization. And then the other unique elements certainly are the fact that when we acquire a player, instead of helping us for two months, that player would help us for one month because there's only one month left in the season. So you're really attentive about what you're going to give up and what the future value of that player you're giving up could be. And then, you know, certainly as we go into offseason planning, which is something that you have to dovetail into every trade acquisition, you're trying to really determine the player you acquire, how could that player impact you positively moving forward? Uh, so you're not only building your team for the stretch drive here and hopefully for a playoff run, but you're also really trying to factor in well, how does that player positively impact you in 2021 and beyond? Thad, regarding that that player to be named later, do organizations have to decide they can't officially name that player and they stick with the player to be named later for now? But do teams come to an agreement that you, we are going to send you player A or is it we're going to give you a group of five and depending on a couple of factors? I know in the past, if teams reach the playoffs, then the pool of players may shift. Uh, do you have to decide specifically on that player now, but just can't announce it? I, I think I think really the trade could go either way, Corey. So you could you could actually have a very specific player in mind that is a player to be named later that is just not in the pool right now, and you need to wait till season then. But what is all all too popular when there are players to be named later in normal trades? It usually is a pool of players. It's a group of players that maybe your scouts or your analysts can really evaluate more. Now, of course, in this situation, we don't really have the ability to do that with, with no minor league games, so it's not likely further evaluation. It could be a contingency. Uh, now, the one you referred to we actually cannot do, you can't have a contingency based upon a team making a playoffs because that could lead to unfair competitive advantages because if we're playing against that team and they get a better player if we make the playoffs, they could be incented to not win that mm -hmm. game that night. So that specific example we wouldn't be allowed to do, but – but the player to be named later could be contingent upon the health of the player who, who arrives. Or I, this is something we would have never thought of before, but it could be contingent upon the player not opting out after he is acquired. Uh, those types of contingencies could, could certainly exist. And in those scenarios, you could have effectively a pool, uh, a pool A of players and a pool B of players. And depending on what transpires later in the season, you could get access to a better or worse player, depending on how that player you know, ultimately stayed healthy for for the team. Are, are players that were just drafted, uh, just drafted not too long ago in the 2020 amateur draft, are they? Do they still are they still off limits to be dealt? So they're they're off limits until the off season. Okay. Uh, so yes, they could not be dealt in these scenarios because the deal would have uh, transpired before the off season, even if the deliverable of the player wasn't until the off season. So yes, we're not we're not in the uh, business right now of trading players who were just drafted. Uh, in the 2020 draft. As we chat here this morning, Thad, the Twins are stuck in this uh, in this four-game losing streak. The, the needs and the priorities for what you believe the Twins are looking to add are what, as we chat here today? Yeah, you know, and I, and I think you, you brought it up, Corey, so just to address it quickly, 
I think, you know, if you track any team, even the best ones, even the 2019 Minnesota Twins, you have lulls at different parts of the season. I, I think one thing that we try to do is stay as objective as we possibly can in evaluating the team. You know, one thing that our eye is drawn to is the last four starters we faced were Shane Bieber and Clevenger, and then we got Matthew Boyd and Tariq Skubal. And I, I know Boyd and Skubal weren't necessarily pitching extremely well, but I think they're really talented pitchers. They're both left-handed, and we happen to have a few of our right-handed hitters who are on the IL right now, so we were a little bit depleted. But those are four very, very formidable pitchers, and so we, we factor that into our evaluation. So, yes, of course, it's a four-game losing streak. You don't love to have that in any part of the year. But I would tell you it doesn't cloud our judgment as we are heading into the trade deadline. We don't look at it and say, what a bad time to lose four in a row. We're, we're very objective about this team, and I think we're very – very bullish about the club and we think that we're, we're getting healthier i'm sure we'll address that at some point in the show and that is going to be a huge boom for this franchise but the, the deadline we don't see a, a, a gaping hole in this team we don't see a, a part that we absolutely have to address in order to be competitive so i think that puts us in a terrific position to be very selective in our conversations i, I think managing expectations we, we don't expect to make a huge splash because i think we feel the huge splash will be getting some of our uh, perennial all-stars healthy and, and back on the field for us. We're not, we're not going to make an acquisition that's going to be more impactful than Byron Buxton and Mitch Garver and Michael Pineda and Jake Odorizzi and Josh Donaldson and, and the like. So we're, we're really focusing our attention on getting healthy and then listening to all the clubs out there, aggressively talking to a few and seeing if there's other means to augment what we believe to be a very strong team. Uh, one final thought, that before we take our first break. Just regarding the trade deadline in general and the, the addition of adding more teams to the postseason pool now, you go from 10 to 16, how has that changed the landscape as you view it? I think it's changed it significantly. And, and where it shows up is, and maybe we've seen this over the last year or two anyway, they're, they're less clear-cut sellers and buyers. You know, historically, uh, you know, Derek and I and, and Rob Anthony and some of our other crew would sit down and we would, you know, it's very crystal clear. Here are the eight to 10 teams that are selling. Here are the eight to 10 teams that are buying. And here are a handful of teams that are in the middle who could probably go either way. And let's focus our attention on the ones that are selling because we're clearly buying. I think those numbers are, are much smaller. And I think certainly a lot has to do with the fact that 16 teams rather than 10 will make the playoffs. But I also think it's just a cyclical situation where some of the teams that are selling have been selling for the last few cycles. And as a result, don't necessarily have a ton of talent that would be clear upgrades for teams who are in buying positions because they've traded those guys already. So what we've been doing the last few trade cycles, and certainly this one is, is no exception, is you find yourself calling the other teams that are tracking to the playoffs and seeing if there's a buy and sell scenario where perhaps uh, one player uh, where you have a little depth at the major league level could be a perfect fit for another team. And likewise, their surplus could be a perfect fit for you. And so it's more of a reappropriation of major league talent rather than necessarily only going to teams who would be enticed by your prospects to acquire major league talent. The other thing I would say is, which is a little bit unique, is we are in a win now cycle and we have a number of teams We've actually called us to try to access our minor league system because while we have a very solid major league club, I think the national account is that we also have a very strong farm system. So even without us picking up the phone and calling their teams that are calling us and saying, hey, we hope you have interest in some of our major leaguers because we really like 
you know, prospect A, B, or C with you, and we're hoping to access them. So that's a unique position to be in where teams are actually trying to drum up interest in their major league talent moment in time because they find some of our minor league players so, so appealing to them. I will right, we'll take our first break. Good stuff here with Thad Levine. We'll come back. More of Inside Twins brought to you by Quick Trip next on your home for Twins baseball. Back here at Inside Twins brought to you by Quick Trip for all of your grocery essentials plus hot food, including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip as you covered. Corey Prove is back with, Tim, with uh, Twins GM Thad Levine. And Thad, getting back to our first segment there, a lot to dissect on the trade discussion and appealing players that, that the Twins have both with their big league team but also down on the minor league side and over in, in St. Paul. And you mentioned at one point that you just can't rush to things because you feel like you have reserves coming back soon. And the Twins have seen this incredible stretch of left-handed pitching here recently, and you have a lot of left-handed hitting outfielders. So have you been tempted at all during the stretch to not, say, promote a guy like Brent Rooker, who is a right-handed hitting outfielder? Yes, he's played more left than other spots, but has that temptation for Rooker been there considering the lack of right-handed hitting outfielders you have right now? Well, and Corey, I think you're hitting on on a very uh, insightful commentary on our team which is that that is absolutely true we have a very strong outfield core but in byron's absence in particular it's 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 predominantly left-handed and and that showed up the last two nights when uh, or yesterday i'm sorry when we played two games against the left-handed two left-handed starters and started a lot of left-handed hitters and and i would extend the conversation beyond uh, brent rooker brent brent's done a tremendous job down at ch field and out had the pleasure of going to watch them play the other day and just up and down our prospect order guys just are swinging the bat. So, so well, and then, you know, equally important from talking to JP Martinez, who's kind of running our camp over there as our, our pitching coordinator is just the attitude of these guys. You know, when you, when you think of some of the trials and tribulations that the major league players have had to have with all the pandemic protocols, these guys are by and large spending all their days in the hotel in St. Paul and, a couple hours over at the field and then right back to the hotel and not necessarily getting to interact with friends and family too much. And these guys are keeping a great spirits. And then the thing that was just so encouraging was just, just how every one of these guys is performing on the field and uh, making such great strides in the backdrop of a season where we don't have minor league baseball. So I think they've all put themselves on the map. Uh, they really put themselves squarely in a conversation for off season planning uh, traditionally, you, of course, would like all these guys to have a lot of at-bats at AAA and force their way into the big leagues. I, I think a few of these guys are going to force their way into the conversation, you know, absent of that opportunity based upon how much they've made of their time here at CH Field this season. Hey, Thad, what's been interesting calling the, 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 the road games from Target Field is that we get the chance to watch the Twins play on our monitors on the road. At the same time, we see Twins players rehabbing on the field at Target Field. We've seen Pineda out throwing. We've seen Stashak. We've seen Garver. We've seen Donaldson. But this weekend, and maybe we've missed it just because of timing, we have not seen Byron Buxton much on the field, running around, swinging the bat. What's the latest on Byron? Yeah, so it's a it's a great thing for the fans to know. So Byron, Byron and Josh Donaldson, by and large, have been over in St. Paul the last couple of days because they've been participating in simulated games. And so they've been over there getting real at-bats and playing in games, playing center field, playing third base, respectively. And both those guys are really close to being activated, and that's the reason we've been getting them engaged uh, in games. Uh, one of the challenges we face 
Uh, one of the many challenges we face as a result of not having minor league baseball is traditionally you'd send a guy like Byron or Josh on a rehab assignment and they would play, you know, four or five games where the first game, maybe they play five innings uh, and then they ease back in by playing seven the next day. Then they'd have an off day. Then they play nine innings an off day and then nine innings and then they'd be activated. Well, the reality is we don't necessarily have enough pitchers to be playing nine inning games every day down in CHS field. So we have to get a little bit more creative in how we prepare these guys such that when they are activated, you hope that they can ease back into playing. And so when you see guys like Byron and Josh come back, they may actually play something less than nine innings uh, to their first few times out uh, just to get their feet back underneath them. Because certainly what you don't want to do is rush them back and then have a recurrence of their injuries. So those both those guys are so close. Uh, it's going to be so exciting when we get back home and we start adding these guys back in. Cause as I mentioned before, we're certainly not going to add players of the, their caliber and talent at the trade deadline. Our trade deadline by and large is going to come from us getting healthy. Uh, good stuff there. That's great news that it sounds like Donaldson and Buxton are closed. Twins have a lengthy homestand beginning tomorrow against the White Sox. We'll take our final break, come back and wrap up inside twins next on your home for twins baseball. Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Quick Trip for all of your grocery essentials plus hot food including pizza and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken. Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. Corey Provis, Thad Levine back to wrap up our Sunday show. And Thad, we spent the bulk of the show talking about the players and updates and trades and all that stuff. But let's get to other topics if we can. And really, I wanted to get your view of, of what transpired across the game and even across the sports landscape, dating back to Wednesday, Twins did play Wednesday. They did not play on Thursday, sat out Thursday, and of course, uh, hence the doubleheader that we uh, saw on Saturday. But what was your view of, uh, of the statement that the Twins and maybe the sport in general and sports in general made during the week? Well, well Corey, I, I've had, we've all had so many opportunities to have so many deep and important and vital conversations with our kids and uh, last Wednesday turned into last Thursday was no exception. I, I look at this year and it's certainly far from over. We still have a presidential election on the horizon. I think we'll look back and say this may be one of the most, whatever word you want to use, astonishing, incredible, remarkable year of our collective lives. Just the, the amount of things that have transpired this year that are so weighty. And I think Wednesday and Thursday were, were no exception. It was my humble opinion I was so proud when we talked to some of our players and ultimately they arrived at the decision to just take a step away from baseball, just, just for 24 hours to allow for people to reflect in any way they so chose uh, about the racial injustice that was transpiring in the United States. And I think the, the goal there for the players in, in some regard was just to allow people to take one step closer to the education and awareness process and whatever that meant to each individual uh, it was worthwhile to take one night away from the game to afford people that opportunity and, and just understand how it impacts each and every one of us and what we can do as a community at large to be a, a just slightly more aware, educated, sensitive to some of the issues that are going on. Now, I don't think there was any supposition that they were solving any problems. This is all about taking steps in the positive direction and how big that step was, well, you know, time, time will tell. But certainly sitting in Minneapolis while that was transpiring, having those conversations with Rocco and ultimately some of the players and the staff, 
it was, I think, a, a watershed moment for sports. Uh, you know, clearly the NBA, the NFL, a lot of other, uh, the NHL, a lot of other sports out there followed suit. And, and I think it's just a step in the right direction for the education process. It's a step in the right direction for, for the healing process. Uh, and it certainly sparked a lot of conversation, I think, in our clubhouse and hopefully in our community as well. A hey, final thought, then we'll let you go. Were you privy to any of the exact conversations that, because I, I read that three players spoke in that meeting in Detroit, uh, Taylor Rogers, Nelson Cruz, and also Trevor May. Were you privy to any of the specific dialogue that was said? To be completely honest, it was probably more third hand. I was hearing a lot of those accounts through Rocco, a lot of those accounts through Derek, who I was having some direct dialogue with some of those guys. So the exact substance, I I wouldn't feel comfortable quoting those guys. I I do know that all three of them spoke from the heart. I think it was a very emotional moment for our team as a whole. And everyone got a chance to really speak their mind. And and as you can imagine, uh, the incidents at large impacted each of our players in a very, very unique way. And I think it was a forum for each guy to share their own personal journey and story and how it impacted them. And I think when those types of players speak, Uh, The guys who are the uh, unequivocal leaders on the team, they're speaking on behalf of a number of people because they've talked to a number of the players. So they're representing a lot of the the feelings, emotions uh, within the room. And I think those guys do such a terrific job. And that's why uh, the clubhouse leans on those guys and others for leadership and guidance in these moments. Hey, Thad, really enjoyed our conversation today covering so many different topics. Enjoy the day, and we'll see you around the ballpark this week. Thank you very much for having me on. And Sounds good. That's uh, Twins GM Thad Levine joining us here at Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip, on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Quick Trip. For all your grocery essentials, plus hot food, including pizza, and freshly prepared hand-breaded fried chicken, Twins fans, Quick Trip has you covered. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.